your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Maney, on the Jay Maney Talk Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Maney Talk Show. This is Jay Maney, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. Welcome those of you listening to the show for the very first time. It is my honor and pleasure to have you visit our program today. I believe that you are going to find this to be a suitable place to invest an hour of your time every week, whether when the show airs here on Sundays or if you catch it on our podcast platforms, you're going to find this a nutritional way to have your week be filled with thought-provoking, action-stoking content that will help you thrive in a number of areas of your life. And that's what today's show is going to be about. We're tackling three different areas, folks. And we're going to get into that in just a few minutes. But if you are returning, thanks again for your support. We appreciate you helping us to become the top-rated show that it is, and we're just scratching the surface. Now, I want you to know if you've missed some of our prior programs, it's okay. You can go to the your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. And from there, you can listen to the Jay Mamie Talk Show archives of rebroadcasts, which are absolutely amazing. We're up to 110 of them, just celebrating our two-year anniversary over this past summer. And we have no end in sight. In fact, we are already programming content and guests and very interesting segments that we're going to introduce soon for the 2023 season. You're going to love it. So make sure that you continue to make this a part of your weekly activity because we are going to continue to deliver thrive-minded content week after week. In fact, let me just say, I don't often remind people enough, make sure that you stay connected with me. I have people all the time ask me, how do we stay connected with you? Well, you can do that a number of different ways. You can follow me on Instagram, at the J Mamie. Also Twitter, at the J Mamie. You can track me down on LinkedIn, just Jay Mamie, and you'll see me. I'll pop up. And then, of course, my Facebook page, The Jay Mamie. Best ways to stay connected with me. And I'm launching my Clubhouse. Yes, I'm launching my Clubhouse uh, account as well. I'm going to host there live Clubhouse conversations and open forums where I'm going to really dive into areas where I am a subject matter expert and that is in the field of personal development, also in sales psychology and effective communication and word mastery and the things that will help you not only become a much better uh, communicator, but if you are in the sales world, you're going to become better at being able to position your proposition in a way that will give you a greater ability, greater probability to have success in the pursuit that you are Uh, involved in whatever area of career that is. So that is coming up soon, the clubhouse. I will make that announcement. And also, guys, we're going to make the announcement today that the book that I have been talking about, The Ten Enemies of Progress, my 10th book, and I can't believe it, 10 books, guys. 10 books later, The Ten Enemies of Personal Progress. It's part of my Battling Invisible Enemies series. I have a book called The Battling Invisible Enemies Facing Your Inner Struggles Head-On. You can find that at my website, thejmamie.com, thejmamie.com. You can find that book. Well, on the heels of that very successful release from two years ago, right before COVID. So it's almost as if the stars unfortunately aligned long before COVID became a problem because I released that book and it deals with the enemies that we struggle that are invisible, which oftentimes are doubt, discouragement, depression, disbelief, anxiety, stress, uh, worry, fear. And boy, that book became a my best-selling book, most popular book during the period of COVID because it came at the right time. Well, we've got the next version, the next series of that, and that's called the 10 Enemies of Personal Progress. And we're going to dive a little bit about, we're going to talk a little bit more about that today as we speak about stamina. And our and our following segments, we're also going to speak about how do you maintain a life of consistency so that you can thrive. And my guest, my co-host on the, on the Thrive Jive segment, which by the way, guys, the Thrive Jive, I have it once a month, it's a segment of our show that has become incredibly popular with my co-host for Thrive Jive, Motivational Pro uh, founder, 
Chris Harris will be with us again for today's Thrive Dive session. And we're going to talk about consistency and how the importance of having a, a disciplined approach, a very disciplined approach to consistency can make a break you. And for a lot of people, it often breaks them. It doesn't make them. So we're going to deep dive into that. And then we're going to hear from our latest author. I'm excited about David McAllister. He was here not too long ago on the show representing what he does for a living in the areas of helping people feel better physically with chiropractic care. But he also is involved in helping and mentoring others in a way that's so unique and special that he wrote a book about it. We're going to have him on the air as our author spotlight today. David McAllister is joining us today to discuss his new book, and he's excited about it. I read the book. It's phenomenal. And then we're going to finally wrap up this show with Andy Steery. Andy has been on our program before, but this time around, he is here to promote his new nonprofit, which is, I believe, at the heart of what the world needs, certainly the community here in DFW, and that is helping people that are hard of hearing, people that are hard of hearing. You don't hear a lot about nonprofits for individuals that are struggling with their hearing and they have their hearing handicap, but his new nonprofit, Heart of Hearing, is really starting to help change the lives of those who have hearing impairment. We're going to hear his story. We're going to hear his start. And I hope that you get behind him and his heart and what he's looking to do with his nonprofit. So we got a loaded up show, folks. There's no question about it. But before we got dive into the rest of this program, I want to talk a little bit about an enemy of personal progress. Look, let's not fool ourselves. 2023 is right around the corner. And you may catch this show sometime already in 2023. In fact, I'm a big believer that some of you are going to catch this show. Maybe it's 2025. Maybe you'll be listening to the archives of this program five, 10 years from now. Uh, It doesn't matter. The years doesn't matter. What matters is that when you are looking at the next chapter of your life, if you're looking to progress, if there's something that you are achieving and pursuing and, and thriving and driving for, then you are certainly going to find situations at times that are going to derail your personal progress. So in this book that I am releasing next year, 10 Enemies of Personal Progress, one of those areas that I talk about is stamina and having the ability to stay the course no matter what. Now, I want to share with you what's going on right now personally in my life. I'm in the middle right now. Well, not in the middle, in the tail end. Thank God. (laughs) In the tail end of resurging back on the bodybuilding stage. Uh, This uh, in about a week and a half from today, uh, I will be I will be actually on stage after 27 years of not being on the bodybuilding stage. I've won many championships in my earlier days, and I promised myself years ago that I would come back after I would be uh, after I would qualify for the master's class, which is 45 and older. And I made that promise 27 years ago. I'm keeping that promise to myself. It's a personal challenge. And uh, here I go in the last few days of of really a 12 very difficult weeks of training with dieting. And those of you who ever competed, you know exactly what that means. Well, I would not be able to sustain not not only my the physical uh, component of training, but the mental component of training if I didn't develop stamina along the way. So how do you develop stamina? Let me give you a couple of pointers on how do you develop stamina. Number one, you better know where you are going. You better know what it looks like when you get to the end. I know what my end game looks like when I get on that stage in about 10 days from now. I know that I am looking to have the best of physique possible, uh, but more than that, for me, it's just a personal victory that after 27 years, I stayed the course, I stayed in shape, and I didn't give up on my dream of competing one day. And that is my goal. That's why I've developed the stamina over the last 12 weeks to be able to deal with the low calories and the double training sessions a day. I don't know what you might be right now pursuing that requires stamina, but if you are intent about personal progress, you need to develop stamina, but you have to develop stamina where you can uh, dig into it or or take a deep dive into it when there is a reason that you have that's compelling to create the stamina. So find a compelling reason, give it a date, give it a goal, know what it looks like when it, when it all said and done, and that will give you the ability to develop a deeper commitment and deeper stamina. Let me give you the next uh, very important as you're developing stamina. Stamina not only has to be internal, 
which is what I just described. That's an internal drive, internal stamina, because you've got a reason to. But you also need to have uh, around you what I call external stamina. External stamina is important. What's external stamina? Are th- That's the, the resources, whether you're watching videos, reading books, listening to other individuals who've gone through the same journey, uh, testimonials. Maybe you're working with a coach. You've got family members, friends, colleagues, coworkers who believe in you. This is what external stamina, because there'll be times in your life when you're pursuing something where progress is on your radar And internally, you may not have enough gas to get there. You may run very low on stamina. You may even decide to quit and throw in the towel. But those external stamina resources that you have will pick you up. You can feed off, you can live off, and you can certainly tap into their stamina to give you that lift you need to continue to succeed and progress through your personal goal. That's what external stamina is. I find so many people, they've got internal stamina, but they're running low on those external stamina resources to lift them up or vice versa. They got plenty of people that are giving pep talk, but they don't have it in them. If you're going to eliminate one of the enemies to your personal progress, well, make sure that you don't bypass the enemy of lack of stamina. It'll derail you as you pursue whatever it is personally that is awaiting you as the next best version of you in any area of your life. An enemy of personal progress is lacking stamina. Don't fall prey for that. Guys, we're just getting started. Coming back with our next segment, Thrive Jive is on with Chris Harris. See you after the break. If you or someone you know ever had a grandparent or parent who didn't age well, Maybe they ended up with dementia or Alzheimer's or suffered through another disease that robbed them of quality of time with their family. It doesn't have to be this way. We all have the capability to age better and increase our health span. My name is Deepak Saini and I coach men and women like you to optimize your health so you can stay young and vibrant into your 70s, 80s and beyond. Contact me at DeepakSaniHealth.com to learn more and let me know you heard me on the Jay Mimi Show for a bonus gift. In Texas, we love our sports. And Parker University's Sports and Performance Clinic helps athletes of all skill levels recover from injury and advance their function and performance. Our collaborative and integrated team of doctors and specialists provides patient-centered service, taking athletes through each phase of recovery and return to sport training. This is athletic performance at its best. Visit us online at parkerstrength.com. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Excited about another segment of Thrive Jive with my co-host, Chris Harris, founder and CEO of Motivational Pros. Um, By the way, guys, you may want to know that Chris Harris is not only Uh, Just a stellar individual. You can certainly go to his website and locate him. But he was recently inducted into the United States Martial Arts Federation Hall of Fame. Chris, congratulations on that. That's quite a task, brother. Thank thank you very much. It's a long time coming. Yes, I know. And it really falls well into what we're talking about today. You know, today's show, we're talking about consistency. And and I mentioned earlier that in my next uh, my next book, 10 Enemies of Personal Progress, one of those enemies is the lack of consistency and how we can wreak havoc in areas of our lives, which will hinder the ability to thrive. You've written extensively. You speak extensively. And by the way, you don't get inducted into the Martial Arts, the Martial Arts Federation Hall of Fame unless you've developed the discipline of consistency. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on why that is so critical for anyone who's looking to thrive uh, in 23. Jay, I don't know. I don't know anyone in my life who has achieved lasting success that has not mastered a consistent consistency in the area that they've achieved that success. I don't know anyone. Um, it's, it's critical. It's, it's one of those, it's like trying to make bread without flour consistency is the flower to your success. Let, let's break down a little bit of, of that because that is a, a, a lot. And I, I want to make sure that our listeners, brother, um, don't deceive themselves. You know, we're very deceitful people. When, and we're talking about personal, personal deceit. We think oftentimes that we're doing better than we really are and that we're giving it all we've got and we're being consistent. But 
breaking it down into specific areas in your life and in your coaching and in your speaking and as you've dealt with thousands and trained thousands of people, where is the area of consistency that you have found people start to waver? Usually usually it's physical. Um, it's it's health. It's it's what we put into our body. It's it's exercising. It's it's just doing things we shouldn't be doing in excess. Um, and honestly, if you're not taking care of your body, mm-hmm. uh, if you're not taking yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, you might attain some success, but I don't know if you're going to be able to enjoy it. So I think, uh, I think where people struggle the most with consistency and, and look, consistency is a double-edged sword. Many people are great at, at mastering consistency. It's just in the wrong things. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, if, yeah, I mean, if, 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 you know, anyway, the thing I want to focus on here is that consistency is about little baby steps that you do consistent day after day after day. It's not the big things. It's the little things that turn into the big things. How many times have you like, you know, known someone who decided that's it, I'm going to lose a bunch of weight and I'm going to get in shape. And next thing you know, they're, they're, I'm drinking a gallon of water a day and I'm going to get 10,000 steps in and I'm cutting out all these foods. And what happens in a month or two? They're right back to where they were. That's mm-hmm. not consistency. Consistency is saying, you know what? This week I'm going to join a gym. And after I get into a new routine of going to the gym at the same time every morning, maybe give myself a month, then I'll see if I, if I want to add drinking a gallon of water a day. And then I'll do that for a month. And guess what? Then I'm going to start cutting foods out. And then a month later, I'm going to start getting on the treadmill and incorporating that. Those are the people that they cross the finish line on their goals. You know, and when you get involved in consistency, you brought up a good point. Wellness, well-being. I think if you falter or if you find yourself wavering in the area of being consistent in your health, everything else that we're going to talk about in a second here doesn't really matter because you feel like crap every day. Uh, You have this yo-yo sense of well-being, and no one who's experiencing a yo-yo sense of well-being is going to ever perform at a peak level because you're dealing with the way you feel from day to day. So and I'm glad you brought that up. We can actually spend the whole rest of the segment talking about consistency in your ability to develop wellness and and well-being. But I, I, I want to add something to that. I think that consistency, one of the areas that people lack consistency and is to their detriment is their ability to be a consistent learner. They don't make it a, a, a daily habit. They don't make it uh, something of priority to learn something every day. I'm a, I did a talk yesterday, and one of the things I shared with those folks, there was a sales talk. It was for a lot of business owners here in, in, in Dallas. And one of the things that I started off to talk before we even dove into the, the rest of the, the, the topic that I was uh, speaking on, I said, let's get straight here. Let's just make sure that everyone here in the room is here for the right reasons. And that is to learn because earners are learners. And the way to earn more is to learn more. And I think that's an area, Chris, and I want you to chime in here, that people also find themselves lacking consistency. And that is learning. Would you agree? Well, look, learning is one of the four quadrants of success. I mean, if if you are going to attain any high level of success and sustain it in your lifetime, sustaining it is the key here. Um, you're going to have to be teachable. You're going to have to be hungry. You're going to have to be passionate, and you're going to have to be knowledgeable. You need all four. And how are you going to have the knowledgeable bo- box checked if you're not learning consistently? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the areas that you're strong in, brother, and what I appreciate about uh, you, and the reason why you're the co-host of the Thrive Jive, is that you don't just talk to talk. You walk the walk. You're one of the most consistent guys I know. And I know that because when I try to reach you, I know that if you are in the middle of work, you don't answer the phone. (laughs) And that's good. I'm the same way. That's consistency. I think people that are quick to pick up the the text message or the email or hop on Facebook, that shows a lack of not only discipline, but but a consistent behavior and staying focused on what's important. But the other area that I... I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, the, yeah, the the enemy to consistency is distractions. There you go, brother. Yeah. Listen, you're reading my mind. I, I was going to ask you, what is the enemy? What's the uh, the antithesis of consistency? And you said it, man, distraction. We're on the same page, brother. We're on the same page here. It, it, it's, it's why a lot of people um, are not as productive working from home as they are in the office. Mm. Um, because you've, you've got three distractions. You've got a bed, a television, and a refrigerator. <laughs> Apart from the uh, social media platforms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you got those at work. 
That's brilliant, man. That that's brilliant. You know what? Let's let's chat about consistency in an area that you and I speak about often, and that's in leadership. You know, as companies now are ready to embark on a brand new 23 game plan and you're doing the same and you speak with companies all over the world. Let's talk about the consistency and leadership. What can you advise that CEO, that manager, that that uh, executive, the high executive about being consistent in their ability to lead? You know, uh, that's a great question. And, and I've actually thought a lot about this. I've trained over 200 companies in, in the last two years. I've, I've provided my sales performance training to over 200 companies from over 60 countries. And I can tell you that there's one common brand or, or one common denominator, and that is stay true to your brand. And your, your brand is not what you think of yourself. Your brand is what everyone t- says about you after you walk out of the conference room, after you walk out of the break room. You, you get to choose what you want your brand to be, but your brand is what they think about you, what they say about you, your colleagues, your family, your coworkers, your customers. And so if you're going to be a leader, you better find consistency in who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's who you are at home, who you are at work, who you are with your friends. Find consistency in your brand because if people see two different people in two different atmospheres or environments, they're never going to trust you and they're sure, sure not going to want to follow you. You know, Chris, that's, that's absolutely right. Who's going to follow somebody who is not consistent in their brand, their messaging, uh, the way they validate people? Uh, I think an inconsistent leader is a poor leader and the success or lack thereof of that company or that department, uh, it's obviously a telltale sign. In our last few minutes here, I I, want to dive into developing good habits because there are people that I'm sure are listening and we've all been there, man. We've all been there. We've all been there where we say, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And just like you said earlier, anything can happen where we get sidetracked, distracted, and so on. But I believe that developing the the habit or the muscle of consistency, in other words, being able to say, no, I'm not going to go this route, or no, I'm not going to get distracted. I'm going to stay the course. I think that's a muscle. So what would you say in our final minute here are good ways, good, strong habits that anybody who's struggling with this, with, with mastering consistency uh, can begin to embark on and embrace? Well, you determine, you, first and foremost, you determine exactly what it is you want. That's right. What is the outcome? What is the outcome that I want? And then number two, and this is very important, what am I willing to sacrifice uh, to get it? Mm. What am I willing to pay? Mm. What's the price I'm willing to pay? Because if you don't determine the cost up front, uh, you're going to negotiate yourself out of whatever it is you decided you were going to do different to get what you wanted. You'll negotiate with yourself out of that if you don't be very clear about this is the cost and I'm willing to pay it. And then, you know, so I, you know, I'm willing to get up an hour earlier. I'm willing to cut out this. I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to drive an extra hour. to Whatever it is, what are you willing to pay? And then thirdly, what is the outcome look like? What does your life look like when you have it? And that's very important because when you hit the plateaus and you will, how you get back up and, and, and start climbing that mountain again and start forging ahead again is reminding yourself on why did I start this in the first place? So what, determine exactly what you want, determine what you're willing to pay for it, and, and remind yourself of what the outcome looks like when you've achieved it. Fantastic. Folks, this is why Thrive Jive has become such a popular segment on this program. It's fantastic. And we dive right into it, man. We, I mean, we just peel the onions back and we just go for a Thrive Jive session today. Exactly did that yet again. Chris Harris, we appreciate you being on the show, brother. Guys, you can track Chris Harris down at motivationalpros.com. We'll catch up with you next month. In the meantime, guys, we'll be right back after the break. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Are you looking to build a dynamic workplace culture that keeps your employees not only retained, but also engaged and empowered to help your business thrive? Discover the secret that many companies in the community have already unlocked, Collin Corporate College. With hundreds of the highest quality, affordable educational programs available and customized to your desired business outcomes, your success is Collin Corporate College's business. 
Call them at 972-599-3110. That's 972-599-3110. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. In studio today, we've got our author spotlight. And you guys, you know that I'm excited when it comes to having authors in the station, especially first-time authors. I mentioned earlier that I'm on my 10th book, and just because you write 10 books, 2 books, 15 books, it doesn't matter. The amount of commitment and time to sit down and write a book, especially if this is not what you do full-time, is, is heavy-duty. So those, of, uh, those that, that take the journey and embark on this journey of writing a book are very special people. They have a story to share. They've got lessons that they want to impart on, on those that they feel can make a, a big difference. And that's the case with Dr. Davis McAllister. I mentioned earlier, Dr. Davis was, has been on the show before, but mm-hmm. in a very different format, right? Yep. We're talking about your, your business. But Dr. Davis has 15 years combined teaching and coaching experience at high schools in the state of Texas and holds a principal's administration certification. He's also a powerlifting coach. He's a chiropractor, Mm -hmm. and he has his own very successful business. But today he's here because he wrote his first book, which I really had the honor to write the foreword. It was just an honor to to have been asked to write the book, uh, to write a foreword on the book. But when he approached me with the topic of it, I said, you know what, for as many books that are out there, you don't find books that, number one, are helpful to parenting, especially when you call the book The Pillars of Powerful Parenting, uh, the subtitle Guess What Your Teen Told Me Today, I don't see enough works like that in the marketplace. So I was delighted to see that someone is, uh, took the, the, the mantle, wrote the book, and early reviews are that it is stellar, helpful, and very impacting. So the author of the brand new book, The Pillars of Powerful Parenting, Guess What Your Teen Told Me Today, Dr. Davis McAllister. Oh, by the way, his wife, Teresa, is here, too, joining us in the station. We'll hear from her in a little bit, too. But, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us again. Wonderful. So, Dr. Davis, let's dive right into this. Mm-hmm. You, you've got a very busy practice. Yep. You've got lots going on. I, You and I both run into each other at local networking events, which is how we met. The yep. power of networking, here we go again. Yep. What would possess you? Because <laughs> you have kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you've got, again, thriving business. You train yourself. Yes. Right? So sit down and start writing a book um, that would eat up more of your time. Yeah. Well, people ask me how I manage to fit everything into my schedule, and I just tell them I don't sleep. So, <laughs> uh, That's pretty much what has to happen when you're writing a book. Yeah, Forget about sleeping. Yeah, sleeping is much. optional. Right. Um, what, what actually prompted the beginning of that book uh, was actually a culmination of about 10 years Mm-hmm. Of work, I had uh, gone into uh, teaching and coaching uh, for a while. Took a break from practice. I figured out that um, I was missing my kids mm. uh, through you know trying to get a practice up and going and maintain it and all those things. And we ended up in a situation where I was at at home with my kids for a while, and it was a start slap of reality. Mm. I didn't know who my kids were, mm. and so I decided to change gears and kind of shifted to part-time practice, started teaching and coaching so I could be in the school and be a part of what my kids were going on, you know, going through in life. And, and I found myself in a position where kids were coming to me and asking for advice and just needed somebody to talk to. And, and it wasn't anything I even solicited. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, just, kids just coming and talking to me. And so the questions that I was getting asked kind of floored me. And and so it made me take a step back and think if kids are coming to me and asking me those kinds of questions, what are my kids asking? And so it made me actually start questioning myself as a parent as well. And so I sat down, kind of started jotting notes down and it started taking the shape of, of, a you know, a book. And as far as the stories and the things that kids would come and talk to me about, and then uh, decided that, you know, I wanted to analyze the information that I was getting. I wanted to analyze the questions and the problems and where they were coming from and was able to narrow it down to 10 specific, what I called pillars. And the reason I call them pillars is because your pillars are your foundation. That's the mm-hmm. support for your structure. I mean, if you look at your ancient ruins, when the, when the roofs have caved in and fallen down, what's left? Mm-hmm. The pillars are still standing. That's right. And so... That that's the reason that I called them that because these are things that are foundational that we took and applied in our own family. We have five children, 
Uh, we're on our last one at home, so we're almost empty nesters. Would that be Brooke? That would be Brooke. The, the power lifter. The power lifter, yes. the championship yes. power lifter. Uh, that she's actually on the cover of the book, uh, sitting on top of the pillar there. And uh, it got to a point where I think I had written about the first six and a half, seven chapters and just got a very clear spiritual message to pause. Mm-hmm. And that was back in about 2013. I had been kind of working on wow. it gradually for a little over wow. a year and got a very clear message to pause. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And then October of last year, uh, had a series of incidents where, where people you know were making suggestions. And it, it's one of those things that something happens and you're like, well, it might, it might be a coincidence, but when it's three or four separate people that all said the same thing, hey, you know, you need to write a book on on your experiences with that. Completely different venues. None of those people knew each other. It was a very clear message. I need to finish. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, what I felt like is that God had to lead me through a journey to be able to finish the process where my kids are concerned, you know, our kids are concerned, mm-hmm. to be able to get the lessons in place to be able to finish the book. Mm-hmm. And so I finished the book and then I've spent the the last six to eight months going through and proofing it and rewriting and adding things and editing and finally getting it to a point where I was, you know, sufficiently happy with it that I could put it into print. So you took a almost a, a, a ten year pause, two thousand and thirteen. Yeah. You hit the pause button mm-hmm. um because there were some things that were happening uh, share with us a little bit of why the pause was necessary and how by taking a almost a 10-year pause, mm-hmm. you came out on the other side with a book that is richer with content. I feel like that the pause was necessary because there were some things that I needed to grow through first. Okay. And there were some things that I needed to understand. And there were some things regarding those principles that I needed to go back and put into practice first. Okay. Um, it, it, it does no good for me to get up and uh, talk philosophy to people when you haven't actually used it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm more practical that way, and, and I felt like those are things that we needed to go back and we need to actually put into practice where our ch- children are concerned. And there was a lot of lessons that we learned along the way, and, and I'm not going to deny that we made our, more than our fair share of mistakes mm-hmm. where our kids were concerned, but we learned from those mistakes, and I share those mistakes in right, there. Right, you do. And, you know, but there were some things that we did right as well. Um, the other difficult thing for that was, is that, you know, I, I didn't have uh, a great relationship with my parents. Um, I was, I was, you know, homeless for a while, got, you know, kicked out of the house and kind of left to figure out things on my own terms. And, you know, my, my mother passed away a number of years ago. And, and when she passed away, we had not spoken in eight years. Wow. Um, the last thing that my father said to me was, I never want to hear from you again. Mm. Um, and so that was another driving force is, is that I don't want that for my kids. I'm mm-hmm. going to break that generational curse because the same thing happened to my dad. Mm-hmm. And I have been bound and determined to break that generational curse and to do it better. And if I can help, you know, if I can do it for our, us, you know, I think that I can help other people be able to break generational curses and be able to do it better. You know, I, I that's why I purposely wanted to find out what happened in 2013 and beyond because I think mm-hmm. it's important for listeners and and future authors to understand that you cannot write a book about life lessons until you've learned the lessons of life yourself. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to talk to talk, yeah, but it's a whole other ball game to walk to walk, mm-hmm. and you cannot fake that. That that's a funk you can't fake. Yeah, exactly. When you can get up there and say, "Hey, I'm not trying to preach. I'm trying to teach because I'm living through this deal." Exactly. And that's the that's what I wanted you to to certainly share with our listeners. This book is written um, because it is a uh, it's a personal journey. Right? Mm-hmm. You 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 live the pillars. Yeah. You live the pillars, <laughs> and it was also I think it's also fantastic that you didn't um, continue to finish the book. Under hypocritical, on a, so almost of a, a under hypocritical sense, right? Exactly. Because you realize, hey, you know what? I the, I need to go back and live these pillars out, mm-hmm. and uh, and that there's honor in doing that. Yep. There's honor in doing that. So let's talk about the pillars. Uh, what there's ten of them. There's ten of them. Share with our listeners two pillars that could immediately help impact any parent right now, because most parents typically deal with the same stuff, mm-hmm. right? So can you share two? 
the the biggest one that I really want to emphasize is the first one. And the first one is the concept of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And that's something I had to learn. I had to figure out. Um, and, and, you know, we have a concept of what love is in general. And, you know, through my spiritual side, you know, we, we have unconditional love. You know, God gave up his only begotten son so that, you know, we may, uh, you know, may have salvation. That's unconditional. There's, there's nothing that you can do to earn that. It's mm-hmm. given. Mm-hmm. And so to, how do you apply that as a parent? And one of the things that hit me most is at one point in time during my journey with my parents, I was told that I had exceeded my number of transgressions wow. allowed. Wow. That they had, that they were cut, you know, they were cutting me off mm-hmm. relationally. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. How, how can we have a, a certain number of transgressions that, you know, what what happened to forgiveness? What happened to unconditional love? Mm-hmm. And so that was a serious driving force into, you know, how do I take that and and apply it to my parenting? Okay. You know, and, and the second it, pillar? And the second pillar would have to be uh, consistency. Okay. You know, we've got to be consistent. You know, we're always going to have bad days. There's always an excuse to to not be consistent. You have to have legitimate reasons to stay consistent when you're parenting and enforcing the rules and being consistent and showing love and affection for your children and making sure that they know that they're loved. You know, consistency is sort of the, the key of the show today. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, our prior episode, we spoke about that with Chris Harris from uh, Motivation and Pros in our Thrive Jive segment. Before we wrap up here, I've got one more question for you. I'd like to hear from Teresa. So, Teresa, you are Dr. Davis's spouse. You have seen the progress over the last 10 years. What would you say you've observed uh, that over the last 10 years since Dr. Davis put the book on hold, how has these pillars impacted your family? Because you live in the same home with these five children. What can you share? Um, I think that um, the biggest thing that I observed is the enrichment that mm. has gone on um, over the last 10 years. And for, for we call him Doc at our house, but um, <laughs> for Doc to be able to, to live out one of his dreams, to be able to make this a reality and to be able to help and share with other parents and families and just the enrichment of our lives and, and how things have really become so much better, so much better. You know, that that's the, at the end of the day, every book leaves the reader with wanting to be better. And I think the fact that you've uh, you've titled this book The Pillars of Powerful Parenting, clearly the audience is parents. But really, the as I read the book, teens need to read this book. Single people need to read this book who are going to one day have a family. Coaches and counselors need to read this book. So that way they can understand the dynamics of parenting, even if they're not parents themselves or they're working with parents, right? So it's a wonderful book, The Pillars of Powerful Parenting. Guess what your teen told me today? And by the way, you chronicle the story uh, of a student that you had who came to you with a number of issues that are very similar to what I'm sure teens are dealing with today. And you walked her through, as you as you uh, uh, chronicle in the book, a lessons uh, and things that she can go back and do with her parents. And it was just very, very good. So it's a very uh, wonderful read. You'll fly right through it, folks. The book is called The Pillars of Powerful Parenting. Dr. Davis McAllister is the author. I had the fortune, uh, the good fortune of writing the foreword. And where could someone go buy the book? Right now it's available on, on, on Amazon. Okay. And we are also in the process of developing a study guide to go along with it. Excellent. Guys, make sure you go pick it up. The Powers of Power, the yeah. The Pillars of Powerful Parenting on Amazon. Appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Business owners, do you feel like you're paying more than your fair share of taxes? Is your tax preparer out of ideas? My name is Susan Bryant, CPA and certified tax coach at the MB Group and proud corporate sponsor of the Jane Mamie Talk Show. Tune in during the month of September to hear my favorite tax tips that can keep some big dollars in your bank account. In the meantime, Learn more about how we're changing our clients' financial futures at mbgcpa.com. Hi, my name is Joseph Roberts, relationship strategist, CEO of God Plus One LLC, and author of my new book, Blessings in the Streets. If you are someone who is struggling to cope with the storms of life that come your way, struggling to establish healthy relationships, or you simply want to do better in optimizing your mental health or overall self-care, 
then this is the book for you. Get your copy today at BlessingsInTheStreets.com and be sure to visit my website at JosephBRoberts.com to learn more about me and the services I have to offer. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I am looking forward to speaking with the founder of Heart of Hearing, Andy Steery, who is one of our prior guests. You know, when people have a calling or a passion that goes beyond profit, they end up doing things that are so impactful to the community that it goes to the extent of creating a nonprofit. So I know that Andy has spoken with us not too long ago about his passion for helping people, and now his organization is off the ground, and he is here to share what he's doing for those not only in Dallas but really anywhere around the country with his initiative, Heart of the Hearing. So, Andy Steery, welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Jay, thank you so much. I'm, I'm very excited to be here again, and it's great to see you again. Thank you so much, sir. So, Andy, before we dive into Heart of Hearing, Heart of Hearing, heart right? Heart of Hearing, And I, yes, love the, I love sort of the way the play on words here a little bit, because that's important for people to have something that they remember uh, when they're looking at the, who they're going to donate and, 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 and get behind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but what exactly, let's, let's, get, our, let's get caught up uh, with, uh, with our listeners what do you do for work? Okay. I know you've got your own company. You're, you're also, uh, you write programs. What do you do there first? And then let's, we'll dive into the nonprofit in a minute. Well, Impact Training focuses primarily on um, helping small businesses fine-tune their training. Mm-hmm. Training is absolutely key when it comes to employee retention, and it's also key when it comes to employee growth. And so if you don't have a clear-cut direction for their training, then you know, you'll, you'll get frustrated people. You'll get people who are employees who don't want to stick around. You know, I've I've read that oftentimes the, within the first six months, an employee knows if they're going to stick around long term or not. So anything you can do to smooth out that process, to smooth out that decision mm-hmm. is going to help your employee retention, which is huge. You know, these days more than ever, uh, employee retention is, is critical. And we can speak more about that again in the future because ultimately what's happening, especially here in DFW, oh, you yes. have a massive amount of people relocating. And we recently had a show where we highlighted the, uh, relocation companies. And one of the uh, concerns they have is how these companies oftentimes will attract great talent, but the retention of that talent falls short because they don't have the systems and the processes and the operations in place to retain the talent. And some of that has to do with training. Uh, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, impact training, we don't just focus on company-wide systems. It's also employee systems. We have mm-hmm. an employee training journal that helps them mm-hmm. kind of learn their processes and understand the why behind the why and also ask better questions, which is huge when it comes to training. Absolutely. Well, let's pivot a little bit now into heart of hearing. I'd like to learn why someone as busy as you um, in demand, right, for the work that you do Mm -hmm. would decide to carve out time. You've got kids, your family guy. Three beautiful children, all little girls. Oh, boy, look at that. Yeah, house full, house full. What inspired you then to decide that you wanted to launch a nonprofit, Heart of Hearing? Well, Jay, I've had a very good uh, sales career. It's, sales has been wonderful to me. It's been very rewarding. It's been something that I started in and got out of only to realize, hey, I miss doing sales. Mm-hmm. I miss helping people. I, hel- I miss um, you know, providing solutions that make people's lives easier or improve their lives in some way. Um, I was, for about two years, a market sales manager for the DFW area for a major home appliance company, and I would go to the big box stores and teach their employees how to sell home appliances, you know, why this brand? And as I was doing that, and when I came up to my second year, there's a deaf employee, partially partially deaf employee. Mm-hmm. We'll call her um, Shandon. Mm-hmm. And Shandon was very excited to get into sales. She was talking about, you know, her frustration. She had a hearing, she had two double hearing aids and she was excited to get into sales. And I watched over the next year, the frustration with her, her frustration, the frustration of her coworkers. Um, and one day I show up about a year later and she's just gone. Mm. And I asked the, the floor manager, the sales manager said, where'd, where'd Shannon go? And he said, she just stopped calling in and just completely disappeared. And about two weeks later, I saw her at a checkout line, operating a checkout line in, um, in a different retail store. And I thought to myself, that's got to be so hard because that's probably what deaf people and partially, partially deaf people feel like what they're capable of. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it's was discouraging to me, and I, I just had this epiphany of empathy in that time, and I thought I can do something about this with mm-hmm. my training system, with my knowledge of sales, with with all that I have, and the network of people that I know I can help. I can help um, provide solutions, and I can help start a nonprofit that makes a difference for you know deaf people and partially deaf people. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. How is the nonprofit? Uh, going to impact or is impacting rather the lives of those that are, uh, you know, hearing impaired. Right. So the mission, the underlying mission is to equip, educate, and one day employ Mm. deaf people Mm -hmm. and hard of hearing people. Um, And the first step, I think with any, any phase, any business is you look at what can you do immediately? What's that first step that you can take? And for me, for our board, it's, we can look at ways of equipping sales professionals who are already selling, who are partially hard of hearing, and we can get them better hearing aids. You know, Bluetooth hearing aids would make a, a absolute difference. The problem there is they're forty five hundred dollars for a good pair. Mm. I talk with people who have hearing aids, and they say they're great for when I want to hear everything but the person I'm talking to. <laughs> so, you know, what can we do to equip these these sales leaders that are hard of hearing with the best of the best? or at least a really nice mid-grade hearing aid that's Bluetooth that would help reduce the frustrations they have and, and also help their home lives too. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of step one. So these individuals who would qualify mm-hmm. right, to receive aid or assistance, would it be financial aid uh, in the sense of uh, having the funds available to purchase these expensive hearing aids, or would you provide the hearing aids? What would they get from hard of hearing so that way those that are interested in continuing to support your initiative Mm -hmm. they know exactly where their money is going and what is going to be utilized for well the money right now would be going towards actually providing a pair of hearing aids one hearing aid or two hearing aids whatever they need um we would have a or we'll have a a vetting process in place where Mm -hmm. you know these people who are in sales or in marketing currently working partially partially deaf write out a nice um letter we'll we'll do some type of you know what are you currently doing how would you benefit mm-hmm. how would they and you know we get to pick and choose that way that okay. way you know if if we want to incorporate audiologist tests we can do that too okay and make sure that it's going to someone who is i don't want to say deserving but right. it's going to benefit okay and as far as your background and training are you mm-hmm. going to incorporate uh training operational training tra- training for those who are uh, you know, hard of hearing mm-hmm. that need a little bit more care, a little bit more patience. Um, is there something that you're going to provide for them that may be in conjunction with their employer? Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that because I think that's that's something that I think corporation can get behind. Absolutely. So I have an online um, platform for training development. And, you know, step one there is, hey, let's let's help lower that hurdle when it comes to hiring a deaf person. Oftentimes, companies will have to hire a deaf person, and then they'll have to hire an interpreter. So what can we do as a corporation to have volunteers who will um, you know, be on call, who, who stay at home, who can help interpret mm-hmm. uh, whenever needed? We'll have them set up for availability, but then we'll also have, um, at a subscription level, Impact Training is going to provide the training platform that we've been developing for the past, gosh, I guess a year mm-hmm. to help specialize in training deaf people. And any video that a corporation already has up for training, we can add subtitles um, and we can add an interpreter as well. So it's like we want to see what technology we can use. I have a great background in technology, so I know there's a lot of great equipment that we can provide um, or at least partner with other manufacturers, partner with other vendors to provide equipment like a Bluetooth uh, a laptop with Bluetooth and, and a watch that will vibrate whenever you know the deaf person gets an email mm-hmm. um, to help lower that hurdle of hiring deaf people. I think it's brilliant what you're doing, Andy, because you not only understand the operational training side, mm-hmm. that's what you do for a living, but now being able to help those who are hard of hearing um, sort of level up Absolutely. and be as competitive, right? Goosebumps. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and be as competitive as those who have great hearing um, not only does it make it tremendously valuable for those who are struggling with, with hearing, but companies that want to be fair and hire good talent and they don't want to have uh, a sense of 
of of struggle in doing that because mm-hmm. they think they may get a less performing individual. I think it's brilliant. But let's just be honest. You know, nonprofits today, not all of them, but a lot of nonprofits today get a bad um they get a bad rap because people sort of look at these nonprofits and they start to question where is the money going? Right. How much money is actually getting put to use? Whose pockets are getting lined? Yeah. With these donations, where's the transparency? On and on and on, and and rightly so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for our listeners who at this point say, you know, I like what I'm, I like what I'm hearing from Andy, but mm-hmm. let's let's address the but right now. Sure, sure. Thirty uh, percent um, of donations that we receive, we're planning on going towards administrative. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, 70% to 75%, you know, the intent is to provide those hearing aids. And I would consider being able to provide one set of hearing aids, you know, $4,500 each, nine grand mm-hmm. for a pair, one pair per month for 2022 would be a huge win. Mm. So that's that's what we're looking at. You know, my wife and I are very fortunate. We're both not only working and doing well, but, you know, we can take the time to say, how can we help others? Right. And that's important. I, I, I think for those, and, and not in all cases, I want our listeners to understand, I don't mean in all cases, but we have enough evidence, enough history now. We we understand the shenanigans that goes on out there. I think it's important to recognize when our when a nonprofit has been established by those who already are generating an income through some other source, mm-hmm. whether they're wealthy, they're business owners, or they have uh, good steady jobs providing good steady incomes, that there is less likelihood of that money that's being donated to the uh, nonprofit to go into the pockets of uh, those that are running it. Obviously, everyone has to be paid for their efforts, but uh, when your income is not going to be relied on the profit, do- the donations to the nonprofit, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. In our last minute here, uh, where could people go to not only learn more about hard of hearing, but be able to donate as well? Right. That's a great question, and I'm glad you asked it, Jay. Um, we have – people would be able to make checks out to the Heart of Hearing group, and they can send that check to P.O. Box 271-205, Flower Mound, Texas, 75027-1205. Okay. We're going to put that information also up on our site, and we're also going to put the link – Okay. I know you're in the final stages of creating a link. Yes, sir. Uh, so people can donate either one-time deal or provide a monthly donation uh, subscription type of, of situation. That'd be wonderful. Right? A monthly a monthly donating. But we can't wrap up the segment without giving credit to where credit is due. And this Impact Spotlight segment is really sponsored by li- by little giant printers uh, here in Dallas. They, they're getting behind the initiative of Heart for the Hearing. So make sure that you support them as well. Little Giant Printers. You can go to littlegiantprinters.com. Uh, support them because they're supporting those who are helping the less, I wouldn't say less fortunate, but a little bit less uh, advantage than others, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that is um, Little Giant Printers is my go-to. Uh, it's been in operation since 1985. It is woman-owned and they are my go-to for business cards, manuals, journals, training manuals, you name it, business to business, commercial print, printing, custom commercial print. Go to Little Giant. Absolutely. Well, well here's, this is an example of, of an ecosystem, right? It's yeah. an ecosystem. You know, people who want to really help others and, and get involved in impacting lives, we create an ecosystem. Here you are in the air sharing your story. Your story is really one that came from your heart, but now it's being helped along the way by others that are getting behind you and your initiative and your Heart of Hearing nonprofit. Folks, we appreciate individuals like Andy Steery. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate you. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic week of Thrive-Minded content. I said so in the beginning. Make sure that next week you're tuning in. Until then, keep thriving.